This interview with Krista Barker is an extraordinary example of a shared death experience with significant after-death communications, or ADCs. Not only because of the depth and frequency of the ADCs, Krista now understands with much more insight the non-physical world and our multi-dimensional selves. Welcome to the Afterlife Files, where we investigate near-death experiences, shared death experiences, and how they affect you. Unlike podcasts that are just stories, we will give you a heads up on what to look for in our conversation. And then after the interview, stick around. We will help you make sense of those accounts so you can incorporate the insights into your life. I think you'll find that once having your most profound questions answered, living life in the physical is filled with more peace and joy. This is a story with many parts. Krista does a beautiful job of describing the details of what happens. And the sequence may seem to be a bit confusing. As a result, I think it would be helpful if you were introduced to the sequence ahead of time. Because the non-physical world exists outside of linear time we experience here in the physical, Krista Barker started having her ADC before her husband, Derek, died of alcoholism. It starts with a shared dream a couple of months before his transition. Later, in a moment of anguished prayer about his condition, a female voice speaks to her and tells her that all of the answers will come in three months. One, two, in the second of those three months, she gets a phone call that her husband has been admitted to the emergency room and is failing fast. Krista runs up the hill to where she hoped to engage with the female voice and that voice's love and wisdom. Only this time, the female voice teaches her a very specific meditation that will help Derek navigate his transition. Seven days later, driving home after visiting Derek in hospice, she felt her husband flow through her body as he made his transition. That's the first part of her shared death experience. The day of the funeral, she is visited by her husband in the parking lot of the funeral home. Krista has the presence of mind, I'm not sure I could, to ask him, hold on, hold on until she can go home. Upon arriving home, Krista goes out onto the deck has an out-of-body experience where she can see him, and Krista then continues her shared death experience. Derek explains about the true nature of life and living. Krista then asks Derek to prove that what is happening is real. In her bedroom, son and granddaughter see Derek, witness the light, and his presence. That's the general sequence, and it should help orient you as Krista tells her story. Please stick around after Krista's interview for my summary of all that she learned and the insights she's giving to us in this interview. It's really impressive. On a technical note, the cat and the dog at Krista's home keep wanting to participate in the interview. We start and stop several times to accommodate them. It made me wonder, though, is this Derek participating in the interview through their pets? I don't know, as you watch, what do you think? Here is my extraordinary conversation with Krista Barker. Hi, Krista. We are so glad that you could join us on the Afterlife Files. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm awesome. And we are really interested in hearing your story. So let's just jump right in and find out what was going on between you and your husband. Well, um, it, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience out of a tragedy. But um, so I'll start at the beginning. We, um, we were having issues. 
we were married for three years and the issue started when he was getting into things that I didn't get into. Uh, it was drugs and alcohol. And uh, so I was contemplating on whether I was going to leave or not. And I had a dream one night and it changed everything. I, in this dream, we both were in it and we were in this like great big, huge white marble place <laughs> with these big pillars. <laughs> and I remember this like hooded woman coming in and telling us to go into this other room. And as we walked in, there was a casket at the end of the room. And uh, <laughs> so we sat down in the middle of the chairs and all of a sudden this marquee starts scrolling or scrolling across the casket. Marquee like, like, a, like in front of a theater all lit up and lights kind of thing? Well, it had his name, just his name, Derek Barker, scrolling across up above the casket. And I went, oh, my gosh, Derek, we are at your funeral. And I nudged him and he was like, hey, that's all right. I'm not afraid to die. And I was scared. So I went, the dream kind of takes me to another part, like in a grieving room at the funeral homes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh i woke up and i went to go get my husband and tell him that we were going to have to do something you know i was discussing a split try a temporary split first see how it goes and i said he goes he's he was like why and i told him i said i feel like i'm watching you die and i don't want to be a part of that and uh, he paused like, wait a minute, I had a crazy dream and it was about me dying. And I was like, really? Now, there was some differences that he had said, but the main theme was he was dying. And I, I was shocked. I was like, wow. So <laughs> I didn't think much about it then. Until I left and well, it was about a month or two later and I got a phone call, which we communicated and we had talked at least once a week. And I finally, I got a phone call that he had gotten sick and it was the nurse. It was the nurse at the hospital and you know, she's telling me that she's about to put my husband on life support. He could barely speak. He was so sick. And, uh, yeah, I just, I broke. I was like, wow, I can't believe it. So she's letting me know this because by the time I get there, I'm not going to be able to talk to him. So she's basically telling me everything he wants me to know. So I dropped the phone and I run to the cabin. We have a cabin where I live. We have 18 acres and there's a cabin, a lot of woods. Feels really good out here. And um, so it's interesting how I got led up that hill, but I, I got led up the hill with a cat and I went up the hill. He like took me up this deer trail. It was like we were in sync. And I thought that was weird too. But we get up the hill and I find this big rock. He wanted to say hello. <laughs> Clearly. Say, is there a chance that um, we can stabilize your computer a little bit? It's kind of wiggling around. Yeah. If you want to pause, I'll go ahead and put the dog in the house. He's the one that's shaking everything. <laughs> Four. Three, two, one. Uh, Krista, so you were telling us you were led up a hill by a cat. Yes. And so I get up there and I find this huge rock. We have a lot of big rocks here. And um, I'm already aware of the fact that everything is frequency. There's energy to this. So it's like instincts took over and I sat on this rock and I touched the tree. Now I had watched Greg Braden 
And he was telling about how, you know, you could do this and push your love into things and pull it. So I did that. (laughs) Wow. The, it was so beautiful. Like the voices and the experience that come out was amazing. I'll never forget it. It's brings me back every time I talk about it. So at first I thought God was a woman because this female voice comes through and she's telling me that everything's going to be okay. And that I'm going to have the answers that I'm looking for in about three months or that was the first experience that I had. She was telling me how to meditate for Derek. And she's telling me the answers are going to come, right? And I was like, okay, but, you know, so she started guiding me into this meditation. And she's telling me every day for three times a day, 10 to 15 minutes, send this loving frequency through and through him, like pull it up from the earth, pull it through me, through him and back down. Now I knew in my heart that he wasn't going to make it, but I had studied and learned about how sometimes souls can get stuck because of sudden death, maybe, or I was worried about it. I didn't know if it was true and I was worried about it. I loved him. I loved him so much. And all I wanted was for him to find the greatest happiness that you can find. And so she's telling me this and I start doing it. I'm guided every day into these meditations. And seven days later, I get the call that we got to go. They're pulling him off of life support. Uh, he was so sick, he he had become septic, and uh, it had come out on the side of his hip, so there was really no chance. You know, this was better. So we're all in there, and they take him off of life support. I left before they took him off. I couldn't deal with it, so I was gone, and I was in my vehicle, actually, when I felt him passed through me mm. and I knew it was like 444 and I knew I was like oh god so I got home and my mom tells me Krista Derek passed away I said I know mom well she's used to I stay with my parents my mom has cancer and uh I'm taking care of her I knew, I just knew, and she was used to it. So I start calling family and then I go, I go back to the spot. (laughs) I run immediately back to the spot and I'm meditating. Then I hear a male's voice. So then I'm like, okay, I'm kind of conflicted. There's male and female voice, but that's okay. I, what I had found out through the experience was that uh, it's like, bringing your masculine and feminine together, becoming one with your soul is what I gathered from the experience as well. So during this meditation, though, I started seeing orbs, like I seen this iridescent orb and it kind of like floated past me and it had these little knots in it and nodules around it. And when I went to go look that up, I found out that is the, the soul without a body. So I knew, I was like, oh my goodness, love, you know, I knew it was him. Pause first. So I knew, I just knew uh, that it was him. I went, uh, I went to bed that night. In the middle of the night, I got woke up to the TV. <laughs> And it was blasting and it was in the family room where my kids, my grandkids, I'm raising my grandkids. And so (laughs) 
it goes up sky high and it's flipping through the channels and the news lands. And I knew it was him. He loved the news. I did not. And I was like, okay, I know he's trying to communicate. How can, how can I do this? So lo and behold, the meditations that come to me when he was dying is what I went to. I went back to that. And so I started meditating. Um, there was several things that had happened, but so he sat at the funeral home for seven days and, uh, you know, until we could come up with the money to bury him, his mom, I let her do everything and no parent should ever have to bury their child. And, so he didn't want to be buried. He wanted to be cremated, but I let her do it. So we're waiting seven days. And on the seventh day, <laughs> on all this time, I'm meditating and praying and communicating. Like the microwave went off one night. <laughs> so, and it was just, it was, it was crazy. The paranormal activity that was going on here. I found orbs outside, the blue one, the gold one, like it was nuts. So, and the iridescent one. So we go to the day of his funeral and I'm excited. It's weird. It's weird when it's someone that you love because you're like, you know, they're not there in that shell, but you can't wait to see them. And you, like, I had to make sure I looked good. <laughs> It was crazy just so I could see him, but I get there to gripe at him. And so I got there early and I was griping at him and I was telling him, why, why did you have to go through that? Why couldn't you have stopped? Why this, why that? I go to leave and his mom hands me the contents of his wallet and his wedding band is there wrapped up in our vows. And she handed that to me. It was like she handed him over to me. <laughs> and I immediately, it was like an AM radio or FM radio was shoved in my head. And it's weird because you can hear, you know what they're saying, but you can't exactly hear the words. You know, you just know it's a feeling. And so I knew, and I was like, got to wait till I get home. I don't want to do this in the parking lot of the funeral home. You got to wait till we get home and we'll, we will talk. We will talk. So I get home, I run, I run from the van. I go in the house and I get dressed because I'm excited. And I come outside and something happened to me that had never happened to me before. My soul shot up out of my body. My crown was tingling. I seen myself. I seen him. He was wearing the clothes he wore when we got married. He looked so handsome and young. And he's telling me he's going to be here for a little while and guide me if I will allow it to show me some things I had been searching for God my whole life. He was the one that showed me that there was definitely a source creator. So I said, immediately, I got scared then <laughs> a little bit of fear came in and then he shot this love and it was so overwhelming. Most beautiful love I had ever felt in my life. And the atmosphere was so beautiful and different. It was different. And I could hear like a symphony. It clicked immediately that we are all connected and that everything has sound. Even our earth has a beautiful frequency sound. And I was like, you got to prove it. So <laughs> I ran in the house. My granddaughter, she was two years old. She runs in front of me, goes to my bedroom. And the light was on in the closet, but not the room. So she stops and she went, oh, Mimi, there's a guy in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I was like, oh, wow. My son, he was 13 at the time. He was on my bed playing with his Game Boy. He looks up and he goes with the blanket. He goes and then like peeks down slowly. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. So they can see you, too. Okay, I'm listening. (laughs) And it was cool because she seen him like she's like, that's Delic. That's Delic. (laughs) I love that. And. I I know I loved it too. And I was like, and she said she felt the most beautiful. She goes, he feels so good, Mimi. She's waving. She's blowing kisses. I was like, all right, okay, this this is cool. So I had to go to researching after this. I had to because I was like, how has anybody ever had has this happened to anybody else? Can your family be your guide? Uh, can people do this? Like, am I losing my mind? (laughs) Because I even told him I'm going to get a CAT scan tomorrow. (laughs) He was telling me about how we're all energy. We're all connected, which is what I already knew. And he said that there is a divine creator and that we are all a part of that creation. And that this journey is to get back to source and that we have to go through certain trials, you know, to make ourselves a better version of ourselves to be in that gracious light. It made sense for the first time in my life. It made sense. And I felt it, the love. I felt it for months and months. And now when I meditate, I take and I go back to that experience. It, I feel my body, it's just all oh, the love. The love is, the love was amazing. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was a big thing. Um, I was afraid to tell family because I didn't want them to uh, think I was crazy. But I had to tell my parents, they are right here with me and my grandkids And I didn't want my granddaughter to go and say something and then my mom be thinking something else, right? So I went to tell her. It took me about two days to tell her. Um, So I told her. And uh, Sissy, she wouldn't sleep with me for about a month after that because (laughs) she seen him. He was right beside me. And I had eventually, you know, had had we had agreed that it it was like he what he had told me was it helped him go to the other side that he said he thought he was that I was there the whole time he said I thought you never left my side at the hospital and I said I had to I couldn't stay all the time and he was like you know um in this reality and what he had done was he took me to the other side the light changed I didn't go all the way but it was so cool because when he when he finally went I could see young beautiful Derek waving at me like bye and uh I told my sister-in-law because she had always said you know After this experience, I don't think about, are you going to hell? Are you going to heaven? I don't think like that anymore. Um, Because for one thing, I feel like it's judgment. But for another reason is no matter what he went, no matter what people thought about him or his addictions, he went to God and I know it because I felt it and I met him uh, or her source. (laughs) I communicated with it. And so after that experience, it was like for months, a lot more things happened paranormally. Um, The blue orb showed up. It was pulsating. (laughs) My son seen it too. That was the thing. My son was getting like 
C's and D's in school. And he shot up to straight A's. He's 17 now and he's doing college courses already. Coding. I know my granddaughter, we had her reading before kindergarten. It's like it did something to our um, enlightenment. It gave us, it helped give us some sort of enlightenment, a change in our thinking in, um, you know, learning. I couldn't read enough books because, of course, I had to research what, what happened and how it could have happened. But it was the most beautiful experience I'd ever been through in my life. And uh, since then, you know, a few family members have passed and only one other has communicated. Um, but it it definitely opened that door. And I do believe that, like my mother, she has cancer. And I don't look at death the same anymore because I know that they go on. And so I know it'll be another chapter for her, but I'm hoping that... I'm privileged enough to watch her go on like I did Derek. I mean, it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me for sure. Changed the way I looked at life, changed the way I think. What a story. Yes. Um, so I got a couple things that were, I think, kind of cool. So you were standing there and you lifted up out of your body and you went to another place. Yes. You said the, the light shifted. Yes. And how did it shift? Okay. It's like it was almost dusk to begin with. It was evening time. And uh, when it shifted, it's hard to explain. There were no corners. There were no corners and everything was like a, almost a fog, but not. And the colors were prettier and there was a beautiful sound. And um, yeah. So you were, you were outside, right? Yes. And, right here. And you were, and you were still outside, but the world changed. Yes. Yes. It just wasn't what we see but i i feel like that's actually how it should be you know <laughs> okay and while you were in this state you had a chance to communicate with derek but it was um uh, it was telepathic it wasn't in english yeah it was telepathic it was like and it was cool because he was answering my questions before I could even get the question out. And it just, it would shoot this love through my body. And he wasn't talking in, hey, Krista, this is how life really is. It was an energy and I felt it. And I can feel his energy too. So I know it's him, you know? Yep, we call that an energy signature. Yes. Yeah, you don't, you don't see people but they're there. You can, you can sense you can them, them and you know exactly who it is because they have a signature. Yes. Yes. they do. And then you also talked that I think it was the same time when uh, you communicated with source. It's yes. That happened right before he got sick. I was out in the same spot that I ran to when the nurse had called that he was sick. Now, this was a, about a month before, it was three months before he got sick. I was devastated that my marriage was ending. I didn't want to go through this anymore. I need help. God, where are you? And I went up the hill and I sat on that rock. And that's when communication came through. Now, my granddaughter had witnessed part of that as well the same one because she was like she couldn't hear what communication I had going on with source but she was like Mimi the sky looks different everything looks different and um, I feel like that's because they're younger and their pineal gland isn't 
calcified like, you know, ours gets. And so I was like, yes, baby, it, you know, I'm communicating with an angel. I didn't want to say too much, but, but now I teach them. So yeah, it, and she told me, Christy, your answers will be here in three months. And do you know when he got, when I actually, when he got sick and everything happened, it was three months to the day she was right. And I did get my answers. So you were asking questions like what's going on? And the female voice came Mm -hmm. and told you that it was going to be three months and you'd figure it out. Yep. And so when you say you had, um, you communicated with source, uh, that's the female voice that you were talking about? Well, something else. The female voice came through first and I thought it was God. (laughs) And I was like, wow, God's a female. I was right. And then the male voice came through. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I was right. (laughs) And (laughs) he's like, not quite. It's like our soul is a balance of both. And if we are in the liking of creator, that would be where a balance of both. So immediately I'm like, oh, I make that connection. And I said, why is this happening to me? And he said, you're pure of heart. Um, you have a pure soul. And because I was only asking for help for Derek and love, and I want God to help me. <laughs> and um, he said, it's like Jacob's ladder. That's what he put in my head. Like immediately, I thought about the story of Jacob's ladder. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and it went from there, you know, so what- <laughs> everything snowballed. So what was the correlation between Jacob's ladder and your experience? Because where um, Jacob's ladder, where he goes through all these trials and struggles, and at the end, he asks God, you know, um, what can I do? You know, how can I find you? And God eventually saves his life, but by killing him first, it's like, it's like rebirth or being born from the inside. And that's what I had gathered is that that's what we are supposed to do is, you know, bring our soul into this vessel. We're a soul. We're not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. And I figured that out. I had never thought about any of that stuff before either. And I just, it came to me. (laughs) There is a wonderful study that was done by PMH Atwater about children who have uh, have been touched by the light, right? And how their brains are rewired, and how they become uh, more. They develop new skills. They are infinitely smarter than they were. Um, yeah, I so. was wondering about that because. That clearly happened to my grandson or my granddaughter and my son and me. I mean, I sat down one night to read a 300 page book and by seven o'clock it was done and I had to do homeschool. I didn't do that again because I was too tired the next day, but I couldn't stop cramming information into my brain. Like, and then it got easier to teach the kids math and just stuff started clicking. And I thought that, but I've never found the study. Like I know that's what happened to them. I'll send it to you and then I'll put it in the links below for all the rest of you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So the other thing you said that your mom has cancer and that Mm -hmm. she'll be making her transition sometime. Right. And that the two of you, would like to share that experience. Yes. And we know a lot about shared death experiences now. And the uh, and the best way to do it is for the two of you to agree that that's something that the both of you would like to have happen. And that's uh, what Derek and I did now that I think about it, because 
he we were joking around one day, just joking around. And he said, I promise you, if I go before you and I can come back and show you, I will. And I said, okay, do it. That's exactly how it works. So <laughs> the person who's making the transition, in this case, your mom, um, she needs to reach back into the physical and pull you up. And it's, it's about matching your vibratory levels, which you totally yeah. get. And so she's at a higher vibratory rate and it's easier for her to, to drop down, to drop down. And then it is for you to go up. And so, and the trigger, here's the, here's the fun part is that when she'll go through a life review and yeah. And then at the life review, there'll be some significant scene between the two of you. And so when you guys agree, yes, we would like this thing to happen and talk about the life review, remember, and then pick a scene that was really meaningful for the both of you. Uh, Christmas, when you got your, your bicycle, when you were seven years old. Right. I made that up. But so... When she's going through her life review and that scene comes up where she's giving you the bicycle, that's her trigger to remember right. to come back to the physical and pick you up. And in that way, she can join you and, and be with you during, you know, all phases of the transition or yeah. that period. I'm looking forward to it, but you know, not in a morbid way. Yeah, I'm um, with you. yeah, it's just that they let you know, like he let me know, uh, Krista, I'm very much alive. And he told me about the life review. I never knew about the life review. I always thought judgment. No, it's a life review. We actually judge ourselves. He also told me that we're going to go through a time in living that we actually can go through the life review before we go and it's easier to transition. And then um, he kept telling me that he got to see the pain he put me through, through my eyes, through my lenses. That moved me. I mean, that moved me. And do you have a sense that, um, that was the agreement between the two of you. Oh yeah. That he was going to be sick and he's going to test you and yeah, because and you're going to grow as a result of it. That kind of thing. Yes. Because when we talked about the dream, when he's telling me I had to have a life review and, and I'm asking him, why did you come back? And he's telling me he's going to guide me. And uh, I'm like, wow, I never heard of that stuff before. And he's like, we agreed to this. We agreed to this before we came. And I was like, really? And now it brought back some times because I knew Derek his whole life. Um, he was six years younger than I. And my great aunt raised him. He's not her son, but she raised him. And that's how we knew each other. And I remember when he was like six months old. And I had things happen to me when I was little. I used to astro project and I thought every kid did it. And uh, I walked in this room and I heard this voice telling me, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. My mom got so mad at me over that. Krista, stop with it. Stop with the imaginary friends. Stop with all this stuff. And <laughs> you know what? I remembered that. I couldn't, didn't remember it until he brought that memory back to me. And I was like, you know what, Derek, I got in big trouble for that. And he's like, I know. He said, but Krista, I'm trying to tell you that we, th that's proof that we agreed. That's proof that you can communicate like this. That's proof that we are more than what they say that we are. And I was like, okay. So as you've told <laughs> the story, Krista, um, how is your, family received it how does the community that you live in receive it what that what's that been like i just now started with the community because i got <laughs> i got the nerve i guess or the 
I got enough information to understand that I'm not crazy and that people have went through this. And I wanted to share my story to help someone because that's something I was told to by source that I had to share my story. Um, And he told me to write a book. I didn't know how to do, uh, like how to get it published or how to do it. So it took me some time to research and to unpack everything that I was told. And so now mom and dad, they say I have a beautiful energy that I feel great and that um, they're glad that 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 happened. And dad told me that my grandfather, and back then, you know, it was definitely woohoo, used to communicate with his brothers that have passed. And so when I told him, he's like, I'm not surprised my dad did it. And I was like, cool. Like, I feel so much better now. (laughs) And the community is doing good because I have a little community on YouTube. And there's about uh, 12 to 15 people from our town that's in it. And they know my story now. So. Well, I've done a lot of speaking all over the United States about near-death experiences and shared-death experiences. And I think that I've talked in more Catholic churches than any place else. So you will find at least a receptive audience with some of the priests. So just- I agree with that. I grew up Catholic. And I feel like, you know, I even though I was wondering and kind of straying away from religion, I was grateful I was Catholic my whole life because we were taught about purgatory. We were taught about an, an astrolife and they believe in reincarnation. So that kind of kept those doors open for me, I believe, you know? So is, is Derek still around? Is he talking to you or is he moved on? Sometimes I still can communicate with him. What he told me at the beginning was that it's a cycle and that when I grow past what knowledge he can give, you know, like I may end up with another guide. He had also told me that when my brother had passed when I was younger, because see, I had something happen when I was a kid too with my brother. He walked in the room after he died. And he told me everything would be okay. So he told me that this had been kind of going on my whole life. I just wasn't aware of it or, you know, realizing that's what was going on. And so I can go outside and communicate and I feel that love. And then sometimes if I'm not meditating, he'll get me through a song or he can manipulate my cell phone and pop up a video. Like it'll unlock itself and play some video. And I'll be like, okay, I know. And I'll go communicate with him. So he is around. Definitely. Definitely. So you mentioned that you have a YouTube community. Um, Tell us about that and how we can get a hold of you. Okay. It is called psychic soul senses. And uh, you can also reach me on my email, which is, I have a business one. It's CRG6198 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I'm writing my book too. I'm excited about it because I'm going back to my childhood experiences. I'm going to put it all out. So that should be a fun read. I agree. (laughs) Well, thank you, Krista, for being with us on the Afterlife Files. This has been a really enjoyable afternoon. Thank you, too, Scott. I am so glad that I joined you today. Everybody else, stick around, because I've got a couple of insights that I think you're going to want to hear. So in the meantime, see you, Krista. All right. Wow, that was quite the story. Here's what I learned. Just to be clear, these are my viewpoints, but that's why you watch the Afterlife Files. 
to gain more perspective by using more than one lens with which to view this rich information. Let's start with the shared dream. Our guides often arrange our near-death experiences, shared death experiences, and spiritually transformative experiences using metaphorical devices to get their point across. Krista's story is one of those. It starts with a beautiful hooded lady appearing in a marble hall. Both the attire of the figure and the setting screams, pay attention, what I'm going to tell you and show you is important. And it is. What she says is, I've got to tell you a beautiful love story. This invites Krista to look at her life and the experience that she's now having with a different lens. I'm going to show you a beautiful love story. It's not about the trials or the sickness or the alcoholism or the death. It's a beautiful love story. Then she is ushered into a room where she is looking at Derek's casket. This is foreshadowing her shared death experience months later. Next, Krista is guided up a prayer and, I'm sorry, a prayer hill, the hill, by a cat. Animals are often used to communicate with humans by those on the other side. In a moment of anguished prayer, a female voice speaks to her and tells her that all answers will come in three months. During the second of those three months, she gets a phone call that her husband has been admitted to the emergency room and failing fast. She runs up that same prayer hill to where she heard the female voice, hoping to engage with that same voice's love and wisdom. Only this time, the female voice teaches her a very specific meditation that will help Derek navigate his transition. Krista learns to meditate using the bridge technique. This technique has Krista use energy bridges. So here's how it goes. It starts in the earth, flows the energy up through the self, then heart to heart to Derek, and then back again into the earth. So it goes earth through Krista, heart to heart to Derek, and then back into the earth. And then this cycle then is repeated over and over. Krista is reminded that we live in a reactive universe. What you put out is what you get back. What you put out is what you get back, not the other way around. I believe this is the essence of the golden rule. She is reminded of that with a memory where she put your love into that tree. It will be returned to you. It helps her to become pure of heart. Okay, why do shared death experiences happen? Four things are necessary. There's a heart connection between the two parties. There's agreement ahead of time that they would like to share this adventure. Three, the experiencer, Krista in this case, is open and receptive. And four, there's an invitation from the deceased to the living to share their experience. All four requirements were present here. Clearly, Krista and Derek love each other. The agreement takes place early in their marriage. Krista is receptive, standing in the parking lot of the funeral home. The invitation takes place in the parking lot and again later on the deck, where this interview is taking place. Let's look at this deck experience. Upon arriving home, Krista goes onto the deck, has an out-of-body experience where she can see Derek and she continues her shared death experience. He explains about the true nature of life and living. So let's look at that treasure trove of information Derek has Krista experience. One, everything in both the physical and non-physical world has a sound. Two, unity. We, everything is connected. Three, our journey, our mission is to get back to source. Four, our non-physical multidimensional selves can be in multiple places at once. 
Remember, Derek saying that Krista never left his side at the hospital, even though her physical body did. Five, we signed up for this. We signed up for this life, its trials, so that we can be, have a better version of ourselves. Six, we review our life from different perspectives. So you may remember Derek reviewed his life and he reviewed that life again from the perspective of Krista. I've had other experiencers describe this also with a third perspective, a viewpoint of the omniscient, kind of God's perspective, if you will. Okay, seven, during that life review, we are the only judges. Eight, we get to pick how we present ourselves to others in the non-physical. When Krista meets Derek during their out-of-body episode, he is his best self, young, wearing his best wedding suit. His form and his clothing return us back to the theme we discovered way at the beginning with that hooded figure. This is a beautiful love story. So there's this completion of the cycle. Number nine, non-physical beings, Derek in this case, can become visible to anyone. Krista asked Derek to prove that what is happening is real. I could just imagine the finger wag. Her son and granddaughter see and witness the light and Derek's presence. We know this because of the reaction of the son pulling the sheet up to his face and the granddaughter telling Krista, that's Derek. He felt so good. Sorry for that imitation, but best I can do. And number 10, Witnesses can be touched and transformed, some say rewired, by the light. Superior intellect is a classic after effect of being touched by the light. In this case, clear light. I have a couple of other videos where I describe black light and white light. This is a clear light experience. That's quite a list. Each one of them is significant and probably deserves its own video. However, when they're all in one shared death experience, it's extraordinary. In addition to her detailed insights, there are some overall themes that be, became apparent to me through my repeated viewing. Number one, NDEs and SDEs seem to be customized, designed especially for the experiencer. Because Krista was raised Catholic, she was giving experiences that she was familiar with purgatory, afterlife, reincarnation. Second big theme here, communication slash information is delivered to the experiencer in one or more of eight ways. The first five are in our five basic physical senses, only non-physical, visual. You get to see things with your non-physical eyes. Kinesthetic, you get to feel, sense it. Smell, I have a guide who shows up and I smell jasmine. Taste. I had a, a woman who uh, was in one of my classes and when her mother showed up, she could taste gin. Mom was an alcoholic. Gin was her favorite drink. Information communicated there. And of course, auditory. You can hear what people say and, and they speak to you. But there are three more senses that are really extraordinary that, um, that we need to be aware of. Synesthesia, isn't that a great word? Synesthesia, what it means is that our senses are combined to form new senses, like we can hear colors and see sounds. Pretty cool, huh? Then there is gestalt or intuition. Um, Krista twice references this in the interview where she said she was presented with information and it clicked immediately. And then later she said, it made sense. So this idea that there's no precursor, it's not linear. All of a sudden you get this thought ball and you understand it all just like that. Okay. And lastly, emotion. Emotion can really give us some insight into what's being communicated to us. And it gives us a really nuanced version of what it is that this information and what, what it is and how it's important to us. Okay, so we have this overall theme of communication. Communication in the non-physical world 
is telepathic, which frankly is a much superior form of communication because you don't have the limitations of words and the cultural nuances on that language. You don't have to interpret. The meaning comes through with true understanding. However, it does require having to get used to understanding without words. So there's a little bit of that at the beginning, but it's really quite extraordinary. And here's some insights into how communication styles reinforce our new understanding of the nature of the afterlife. So let's take unity. Krista said Derek was answering her questions before she could even think of them, before she could formulate them, which tells us that all information is available to all of us all the time. Everything is interconnected so we can pull this information. We can divine intent. I like this one. Colors are more real and some don't exist in the physical world. The reference here is Krista's son, granddaughter, having a clear light experience. And how do you know you're having a clear light experience? Being in the same place, but it feels like a different dimension. Remember, she said that the sky looked different. How about the nature of self? The merger of male and female. We are inherently both. We just choose to express one or the other to play a role here in the physical world. Remember when Krista said, I didn't go in the whole way? I thought for a second that was just like a throwaway comment, but then what it made me realize was that Krista had a knowing sense of the geography of the afterlife. She knew it was here and that there was more in farther, maybe at a higher vibratory level, at a different location. So she's probably been there thousands of times before or not, but she had a sense of the geographic location of the afterlife and where she was in relation to that. I thought that's pretty cool. What we know about near-death experiences, um, a lot of it was given to us by PMH Atwater. One of the things that she told us was that to know whether or not you've had a near-death experience or a shared death experience, you measure it by the after effects. Because some people, frankly, don't remember their experience or don't remember it very well because maybe they had a head injury and affected their brain but you can look at them and look at the after effects and know whether or not they've had a near death or a shared death experience. Frankly, Krista is a poster child for near death and shared death experience after effects. Here's, here's just a couple that I picked up. You might, might find more, uh, fear of disclosure. She overcame that now is talking to all kinds of people that she has the ability to see the non-physical. Remember those blue orbs that show up in her life? Remembering what it felt like, and just by remembering, can go back to that state again. That's a cool thing. That the light, in this case, clear light, rewires a person. The sun becomes a math whiz, applying it to um, computers, and the granddaughter reading much ahead of time before kindergarten. After-death communications, using electronic devices, TV, microwave, cell phone, all Derek uses to communicate with Krista. And here's another one. I just, it is so evident. Krista had to research. She was driven to be curious. A really common after-effect of near-death experiences. In the life review, there's no judgment. We judge ourselves. That's it. Nobody else gets to do it. And my favorite, no fear of death. Krista said she witnessed because they go on that Krista was free to live her life more fully. And she's doing that today, reaching out to create community, writing a book, speaking about her experiences. And Krista continues to interact with the non-physical world. I do hope that videos such as this can give you some insight on what near-death and shared-death experiencers discover about the afterlife.
the nature of consciousness, and how to live your life more fully. If you've not already hit that subscribe button, I would encourage you to do so. It really helps us on this end. Okay, so what's Krista going to do with her knowledge? Well, she formed a group that supports each other's spiritual search. Isn't that wonderful? And then they try to live the life they've discovered on the other side of the veil. How to live a life consistent with what you have found out because you've touched the light, because you've experienced the afterlife. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, and comment. You can find the Afterlife Files on all podcast streaming apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, the lot. Please pay us a visit at neardeathmeditations.com. I'll repeat that, neardeathmeditations.com. Bye now. We'll see you next time. And thank you for joining us at the Afterlife Files.